We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, check out our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency hosting bi-weekly educational webinars. You can check out more at keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. If you haven't connected with me on LinkedIn already, definitely do that. Just look for Lori J. Hyvey. I share tons of marketing information as well as every single episode of Social Capital on my LinkedIn. All right, let's get started. Today's guest is Mike Womack. Mike graduated in 2015 from William Patterson University, where he studied new and digital marketing methods. During his senior year, he accepted an internship at an advertising agency that specialized in marketing for manufacturing and logistics companies. This is where he developed his passion for manufacturing that ultimately led him to the New Jersey Manufacturing Extensions Program, where he he can actively make a difference and support the industry. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lori, for having me. Love it. And I love the advocacy for manufacturing. Let's talk about that a little bit. Why are Absolutely. You, why are you advocating so vigorously for the manufacturing industry? Well, it kind of goes off of the fact that it's been stigmatized. Manufacturing, when people think about it, they think of the dark, dirty, dangerous facilities in the Henry Ford videos of the assembly line, where right now it's so beyond that and so past that, that image, where if without talking about it, without advocating for it, students, young adults won't know that the industry average um, salary in New Jersey, at least, is over $94,000 a year. Uh, and that impact on the nation, the high-paying jobs, um, the, you know, the impact to the GDP of the nation itself is just too important to forget about or let dwindle. So um, those, those factors really are the sole reason why people need to speak up for manufacturing and get that underappreciated opportunity kind of in the forefront where there's so much opportunity, there's so much, there's so much value for the workers, the communities, the states, the nation without advocating for it, it's just going to get forgotten. Because when I was in school, I was told that all manufacturing went overseas. So I didn't look at the industry. Yeah. And I think that was a miss. But glad I'm in that JMEP where I can actually kind of talk about it and, and, and engage with students and engage with the local communities to make sure people know about the opportunities. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And, and I, I can resonate with that statement of, you know, to, to really go into service and professional service and not necessarily manufacturing. But I agree, there's a huge miss there. So how can manufacturers ensure the success of their business and the industry as a whole here in the US? And it goes back to that advocacy push, really. Stay engaged with the local community and really the local government. Because in New Jersey, at least, I can speak to New Jersey pretty well. In <laughs> New Jersey, the legislature thought what I thought, all manufacturing moved. You know, they're lawyers, they're business people and professional services, they're not necessarily manufacturers. So they didn't know the industry existed, especially to the extent that it does, where New Jersey has over 11,000 manufacturing and STEM firms. Um, so if manufacturers get engaged and speak up and, 
and come together at events like State of the State, uh, you have an opportunity to convince or at least showcase the value of the industry to le the legislature, the local government, where they can create legislation and bills and laws to support the industry. So that what you put in really is what you get out of it. And, and you need to, and that's not the whole grand scheme of, of manufacturing as a whole on the top level, but internally, if you're looking internal, you can look forward and, and really take into consideration a continuous improvement mindset. That continuous improvement mindset could be that advocacy push, that engagement, always trying to improve how you, how you engage with your local community or your production line. How can you lean out? How can you kind of advance yourself to really kind of drive your own business forward in a way? And, and it's not all new tech, but there is a lot of new tech involved too. So don't be scared of, or, or don't be turned away by buzzwords where the buzzwords are really at least pieces of stuff you can implement today. Systems, automation processes, robotics that you can implement today. Uh, and never, never, ever be too busy to approve. That's my biggest thing. Don't, don't be too busy to you know, throw round wheels on the cart instead of the square wheels from one of my favorite memes. Um, if you're too busy to improve, you're just going to keep on taking steps backwards. It's not going to stay the same. You're not going to continue that growth. Uh, it's, you're always going to have to improve and find that time to, to take those steps forward. Yeah, I love that. I love the advocacy, not only just internally, but within the community and really getting out there. I think that's really important. But also that continuous improvement, I think that's a fantastic mindset that everyone should have. Yeah. Not just in business, but in themselves too. It's a great point, right? <laughs> right? If you don't want to continuously improve, you're, you're just going to keep on falling down the hill. Exactly. Um, so uh, a slight shift here, but can the manufa manufacturing industry from your perspective really benefit from digital networking tools to help promote themselves and the industry? Um, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. So when I'm, when I'm thinking about this, it's, it doesn't really necessarily have to be that much of a shift off of improving your business or improving your standing within the state in terms of an industry, because the digital tools like LinkedIn, like Twitter, uh, you know, podcasts like yours, they're all a different way that you can kind of get the word out there and advocate for yourself, find and connect with thought leaders like Lori, who might have some insight of, you know, continuous improvement for yourself and business. So you could look inwards and, and again, look towards the community, look towards the government and figure out different ways that you can, uh, promote yourself as a thought leader or, or connect with people that are thought leaders in the industry to learn from, speak up about. And the USA Manufacturing Hour on Twitter is a great chat. Hashtag USA MFG Hour. Happens every Thursday. A big community of manufacturers come together. They all talk on Twitter, answer questions on a specific topic. And it's just a great networking opportunity that you can use these digital tools. Uh, like, again, Twitter, or even if you want to look at automation for continuous improvement, you use these digital tools to really bolster your business, bolster your brand, bolster your image, and get the most out of what these technologies can offer. It doesn't just have to be kind of a, a superficial, um, I have 10,000 followers on Twitter. It, it really could be a tool to be used to improve your manufacturing operation as a whole. Yeah, because everyone is sharing and advocating, or there's not everyone, but yeah. there's a lot of people that are out there, a lot of organizations, a lot of 
Um, there's no shortage. Is, it, correct. And, and there's a ton of information that's available. And, and why not expand the reach of your message at the same time by making these powerful connections? Yeah. And, and find people that whose messages resonate yours that already have that big following. Engage with them, speak with them, talk to them, reach out to them. There's, it's so surprising. You might be, uh, you know, intimidated to reach out to an account that has 100,000 followers, posts every day, does a great job at engaging. You might be surprised that they answer that direct message right back and are excited to talk to you, willing to share knowledge. It's amazing. Totally. Totally agree with that. All right. This is going to be a great time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Social Capital is sponsored by Bamboo Reach. Bamboo Reach, a division of Keystone Click, offers fresh, cost-effective websites and marketing services for the solopreneur and micro-business owner so they can confidently promote their business online. As a small business owner, you have a lot of expertise to offer your ideal customer. Let Bamboo Reach take the stress out of your website development and marketing messaging so that you can grow and focus on what you do well. Visit BambooReach.com to learn more. Mike, the purpose of this show is to really help alleviate any fear that someone may actually have when they think of that word networking or, you know, building community. So can you help me um, actually accomplish that goal by sharing one of your most successful or favorite networking stories that you've had? <laughs> okay, there's a good one. It goes back to the USA Manufacturing Hour. I, um, I just spoke about, and maybe it's not my most successful, my biggest, greatest, but it's a great kind of case study for how networking can kind of evolve. So uh, we were doing one of these Twitter chats, which evolved into a Zoom um, mixer. And everyone was going around the the Zoom call, introducing themselves. And I was kind of just writing names down that resonated with me. The conversations were great. The breakout sessions were great. But one name and one person and one company in there really kind of stood out. They seemed familiar. I kind of knew them. And so I reached out and direct messaged them in the Zoom chat. And as I hit send, they hit send and we connected. Uh, we had a meeting after the Zoom chat and we were kind of talking both in manufacturing marketing spaces and different mediums. I'm, I'm copy communications. They were, they were uh, digital and, and, and photography and video. And we were just kind of talking, talking, talking. We realized we ended up knowing the same people, actually family friends from when we were children. <laughs> so how weird that is and how funny that is in and of itself is just an interesting story how connections are made. But it actually turned into a pretty good friendship. And because we are all in that same networking circle, we've actually been able to create this great uh, professional relationship where we share ideas, share contacts. And it's astonishing how many of the same people we knew or how many people that I've been engaged with that they've been trying to get in touch with and vice versa. So we really became this great little team of just friends that are in the same industry after the same kind of work and have been able to bounce ideas back and forth and really kind of grow our network together. So because of that, it really helped expand our reach. Uh, we've had actually national uh, news networks reach out to us because of the engagement that we've been able to do and the PR that we've been, been able to put out through these networking events. So it really goes to show that a small coincidence, one, it was an hour of my time in a day <laughs> to get on that mixer to yep. really kind of expand the, the reach in a big, big way. 
I love that. And, and definitely removes any sort of fear or hesitation from you to do it again, I imagine. A hundred percent. I'm excited to. <laughs> so Mike, as you continue to meet new people and expand and grow your community, how do you stay in front of them best nurture these relationships? I love to do reminders uh, on my Outlook calendar are my favorite thing ever. I mean, sometimes I'll just put a, hey, let's just throw a time on the calendar uh, in the next quarter. We'll connect, we'll touch base, we'll shoot an email back and forth to see if there's a reason to kind of get on a call or it, it really is just constant maintenance. That's a challenging part of any relationship, right? That nurturing, mm-hmm. um, staying engaged. But the digital tools that we have are just fantastic. We have the Outlook calendar, we have LinkedIn, we have Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Instagram. It's easy to keep on sharing content. And you know what? They pop up on your newsfeed. I haven't spoke to Jeff in a while. I'm going to shoot him a text, see if everything's good, how's business. But also creating opportunities to re-engage. We have Manufacturing Matters, our, our quarterly magazine that takes contributors, advertising opportunities. And it's a great, every quarter, there's new reasons to reach out to new contacts that we've made over the, over the uh, quarter, over the year, over the decade, and reach out and say, hey, you want to contribute an article? How's everything going? So there's creating your own reasons to reach out, opportunities, content that are mutually beneficial have been the most beneficial. And of course, utilizing those digital tools that we have at our fingertips. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. Just continuing to be um a resource and providing great information on all of these digital mediums, but yeah, leveraging the tools in front of you, like you're saying, just throwing it on the calendar is a little reminder, but I love the, you know, just looking in your feed and saying, Oh, I haven't seen, I haven't talked to this guy in a while. I'm going to reach out and see how he's doing. Yep. Exactly. It has to be a mix. It can't be a one, you know, there's no one magic bullet. Uh-huh. You kind of have to be almost everywhere and be utilizing all the tools um, in moderation, you know, Yep. Yep. So what advice would you offer the business professionals looking to grow their network? Get out there. Talk to Lori. <laughs> talk, <laughs> talk to your group. Get connected with the local communities and, and also your, your, your social communities. Yep. When I first started going to manufacturing, I said to myself, there's no way there's going to be a Twitter following for manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only was I wrong, there already was but getting engaged and getting actively engaged in it helped it grow. And it just snowballs. You, you'd be so surprised how, how many places there are for niche industries. So just going out and do quick, a quick Google search, a quick networking event, just go out there and talk to people. That's really everything, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on LinkedIn, stay consistent with it and, and really kind of, Educate yourself so when you have those meetings and you have those conversations where you can provide value in it, and then they could provide value back. So you're again, it's it's a it's a two way street there. I agree, hundred percent. It's all about providing value, as we've we've covered a couple of times. So, Mike, here's a fun one for you: If you could mm-hmm. go back to your twenty year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? That's a good question. Um, Probably less video games and TV, (laughs) more industry publications and uh, case studies. Um, Education's everything. Staying plugged in with the industry is everything. I I was lucky enough to start 
my career in this specific space at, at 22. So that's really where I kind of dove in and started learning about the industry, reading all those articles. Uh, I would also tell myself to um, take a few more English classes, writing classes, mm-hmm. and really kind of try to hone that in even more so. Um, because right now, content is always king, uh, whether video, audio, content, or, you know, written. So any production courses that you can use to produce your own content, whether it's an article on LinkedIn, a quick little video that you're going to shoot and share to your, your network, um, learning the industry, probably, I would, I would put that at number one. And then two, anything that you can help you, my 20-year-old self, uh, produce better, more consistent content. Yeah, I think that's great. I think content is the name of the game. And it, it's so interesting that, you know, how much writing is part of almost everyone's role professionally. And so I think it is something that needs yeah, to be a, great point, right? a little bit more um, emphasized probably in, in our educational years. Ah, would be wonderful. Mike, we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you can do it within the sixth degree? <laughs> I know exactly who. Jim Womack, no relation. They call him the, uh, I think it's the godfather of lean or something. Uh, lean manufacturing is a methodology that helps kind of uh, cut out waste in a production um, operation. And when I was learning about the industry, reading about lean, it's a great topic for manufacturers because it's a great way to do more with less people, mm-hmm. less, less uh, uh, resources. The name Womack kept on popping up, my own last name. And I was so confused. And then Jim Womack, Jim Womack, Jim Womack, he ended up being the person that really kind of brought lean to the forefront in America from, uh, from Japan. So I know Harry Moser actually owns a house right next to him. I think I can get him. I think I can get him. <laughs> What's stopping you then? <laughs> I, I, shy, I reached out to Jim and uh, he didn't respond. So I'm going to give him some time before popping over to Harry. Nice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me, Mike. What's something you'd like to ask me? Really? All right, Lori, what was the most exciting interview you've ever done? Ooh, that's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've had a couple of them, but I always go back to Dr. Ivan Meisner, who oh. is the founder of BNI. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should memorize what episode number that was because I don't have it <laughs> memorized. Um, but he was just fascinating. And I loved uh, he just how he answered every single question. Um, I could probably have listened to him talk for hours on end. It's oh, fantastic. Sometimes it's the connection. That's everything, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, sometimes there's just those speakers that just really just suck you in. <laughs> You're just mesmerized by everything they're saying. So yeah, hanging was, on every word. Uh uh-huh, he's a fascinating interview. Um, great question. Thank you. you so Mike, and, and, oh, yes. go ahead. Oh, move on. Did I was gonna say, and, and what's what drew you to podcasting? Uh well, that's I've been doing this for about four years now. Um, you are episode number 314. That. Uh yeah, and I got into it because um I'll condense a long story. I had a professional contact uh, ask me to be on his show and I just uh, pushed and and didn't want to do it for the longest time. And I finally said, sure, I'll do it. And I realized it was a ton of fun. 
And I found that this was a channel for me to really push my thought leadership and, and building connection and, and build my br- personal branding. So um, that, that's really where I got into it. And, you know, obviously be a resource to the community, educate and, and um, connect a ton of people and, get, mm-hmm. you know, the world, the people that I meet connected to my audience. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. So here's my question then, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way that they can reach you, Mike? They can always reach me at njmep.org. I'm connected to every contact form there or my email, which is m-w-o-m-a-c-k at njmep.org. I don't sleep much and uh, (laughs) I'm always up for conversation. All right. We'll include all of that information in the show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Lori, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Mike for taking the time to connect with us. As I mentioned, if you haven't connected with me on LinkedIn, definitely take the time to do that. You will not regret it. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.